This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Tzfarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Each and every person knows and understands that we should be teaching it. And it's something that's been, it's sort of because it's so noticeable, it's been overlooked. And I don't think anyone has a problem intuitively understanding that it must be taught. And it must be taught with the Hashkafa of Torah, even for our schools and our children. But if we're able to describe it and define it, It'll help us put a focus. What do we want to bring out with it? What exactly are we trying? We teach facts, stories. What direction? What do we want from it? There are many valid nekudos. I will try to go in one direction, which I feel is the most elementary of the directions. The Gemara says, it's a Gemara in it says, Tonarabana, Bisman she is well shruyim, bitsar, who pirish echad mehen, when Kali Yisrael is bitsar, and somebody distances himself. Now, we're not talking about a person who can help. Obviously, that's, uh, it's, it's, it's an isr losana damrecha. We're not talking about somebody who himself should be engaged in the same activities. We're talking about somebody who cannot do anything and himself is not suffering. But if he distances himself, it says, The two malachim that always accompany a person come to him. They put their hands on his head and they say, this person who's distanced himself from the Tsar of the Tzibur is not going to merit seeing the Chama of the Tzibur. These two Malachim are our personal Malachim. They should be our advocates. I think what Chazal is saying is we don't have personal malachim. Nobody has the merit to have two personal malachim. We have two personal malachim of Klal Yisrael. Klal Yisrael has malachim, and each branch and each individual of Klal Yisrael is somebody who has these two malachim by virtue of the fact that he is a branch of it. And when he cuts himself off, the Tzfarim say, the Benishai says, the head of a person is his roots. Maral speaks about it a lot. Our heads 
are where we connect. The malachim disconnecting, and they say, we are pulling the plug that you've pulled, and you disconnected. Now, this is true laterally, when there is an ace tzara, an ace tzara, the halachis, versus not so, you know, nishnas avon, there are certain halachis about when the tzibos bitzara. But I would like to extend it further, vertically. The Goyen and his Talmidim speak a lot. It's somewhat Kabbalistic, but it's mentioned everywhere. Amchal and so on, and the Goyen's Talmidim many times. Chalal Yisrael is not only one kaima when, when we're talking about a generation. Each generation is another layer of that kaima, of, of that entity that's called Klal Yisrael. Doi Revi Yoshev Heina means that there is going to be a Klal Yisrael can develop itself, realize itself in generations because each generation builds on the other. It means each generation has its own challenges, its own opportunities, its own tikkunim, whatever it is that accomplishes. And the only reason why we're part of it is if we can connect ourselves and see ourselves as being part of it. So the picture of Achtos of Kal Yisrael is not only what's present, but door after door after door. We stand as Shemonesra, and we say, What does it mean, Abiseinu, if my grandfather's experiences are not my experiences? If I have absolutely no emotional connection to the experiences of generations before, then I'm not part of it. There's quite a famous chazal, it's a medrash, Taisus brings it Menachis, that they once brought to Shlomo Malach a two-headed person, and he claimed that he needs to inherit twice as much land because he's two people. So his test was when he hurt one head, unbeknownst to the other one, did the other one feel pain or not? If we don't feel the pain, if we can't align ourselves with the depth of the experiences of a door before, and two doors before, and many doors before, then we're not part of that, we're lacking in it. And that's why I think it's very important. Whatever tikkun, whatever it was that those experiences were supposed to impress on Chal Yisrael, whether we know what it is or not, if we're oblivious to it, if we never connected to it, then how are we part of that? Where did that imprint us? We are sub, sub, subconsciously. There's a fascinating... Um, I noticed in, in Lashon Kodesh, there is a formal word for a grandchild. Nechet, 
and Nid, both with grandchildren. In modern Hebrew, Nid is four generations, uh, a great-grandchild. In Tanakh, it's used only for Goyim. For Jews, it's always called Bnei Barim. Avimelech is Nechdir Nini, and Rashi says, why did he want a grandchild, a promise for a grandchild? Because Rachme Avala Ben works for three generations. Adkan. That's true in that system where the last word you have is a nechet or nin. And it doesn't go further than that. We don't have nechadim and ninim. We have b'nei banim and b'nei banim b'nei banim. It's always children. And unless we can give over that experience, then we're lacking the central feature of Chalisrael. I would like, in light of that, to stress possibly what direction we should take the teaching. Some people feel the importance of teaching emuna, despite, in other words, the sort of, that's one angle. Um, some people feel it's important to teach how terrible Amalek is, how even a cultured Gentile, in a, in a moment of failure, collapsed morally. I think to teach that we need to be able to live the events that our parents and grandparents and great-parents lived, because the only way that Kaliyasrol becomes Mushlam is through continuing that sense. And, and therefore, I think an important direction, yes, you have to know the history, the basic, what happened, which countries, how. The physical deprivation at some point probably becomes untenable for a child, too graphic, really difficult. But I think there's an aspect, and maybe it's true in all the things we teach, that we're missing. And that is the emotional sense. Because people who are, God forbid, sick in a hospital, undergo a lot of pain. When they recover the physical pain, they're usually back to normal. People who go through an emotional trauma have a long journey ahead to recover because the physical pain comes, is intense, and when it goes, it, it disappears, it dissipates rapidly. An emotional sense of things really, really is something that states. If you take a look at Parashas Kisavo and Tokhomuchukosai, so many of the psukim deal with Kilyan Enayim, Chayachutluyim Lenegdecha. The psukim, if you pay attention to them, they describe the emotional stress of living through a Chorbu. There's descriptions of physical suffering and certainly property suffering, but more than anything, if you pay attention, you have that. I want to, and it's it's something because my parents are survivors and because uh, my father was more articulate and I was able to think a lot about things he said. Every one of us is going to die. 
nobody fools himself to thinking he's not going to die. Our hope, our wish, a misayafa is zokein usvayamim. When a person has children and grandchildren surrounding him, things he accomplished, things he built, things he helped, and he leaves this world having left his mark on this world. That's the hope of a yid and the hope of every person. What is it like to go to your death when your whole life is wiped away? No children, no grandchildren, no family. Whatever it is that you built, you helped out institutions, you did things, you built a shtetl, gone, gone, gone. The name will never be remembered, no one know it existed, and nothing. You leave this world with having a sense of total emptiness. That's something that our children need to understand. They need to understand the sense and the emotion. What does it feel like when you struggle with Amuna? Yes, we can sit around a campfire and everybody locks arms and sings Ani Maimon. But we have to understand that singing Ani Maimon is meaningful because people struggle desperately with it. What is it when HaKadosh Baruch Hu is totally deaf to every atrocity and everything that has been built in His name is desecrated and destroyed? Yes, there's a Gvuro that people hold on. But unless we're able to sit and to live the emotional struggle and turmoil, then the strength of the moon is lost. If the moon is sort of check off, yes, of course, now it's animating time, we've lost, and the children won't understand it. Which segues into the probably essential theme of this, of this year's event about the children that were lost. One of the most tragic episodes that still has ramifications. And I want to talk about it a little bit. And I would like to try to um, get some sense of it. There's a possibility. We've had chapters like this before. Not quite the same. The Romans took our children and sold them off as slaves. In the Kinnis and Tishabov, there's the terrible story about Bishmol's two children. The same Bishmol, the Kohen Gadol, who walked into the Kodesh HaKadoshim and a Kodesh Baruch Hu Kaviyachol asked for a bracha, had a son and a daughter sold off as slaves in Rome to be bred like animals. And the story is tremendous, very poignant. You learn it, you've learned it, I'm sure you know it. We've had a terrible, terrible episode that we try to forget, and that was called the Cantonists, where we had to make a decision which one of our children will get sold to the Tsar. It was a tragic and terrible Tkufan Kaleisrael. Reb David Nevardik, the Galim Masechta, was one of the bigger Abarim, who himself had to 
sort of give a speech to the soldiers as they left and help them swear an oath of loyalty. He said it's the gzera of v'achlub sar neichem v'sechem. It's the gzera of having to eat the flesh of your own children. We had to make that terrible, terrible choices. And it left a scar that didn't heal. Much of the turmoil came later had a lot of its roots there. And the events in the Holocaust had its own terrible angle to it. A parent had to make the choice many a time of the children going with them to death or being over to a guy. We do not have any way to pass in that child. Certainly not sitting in the comfort of where we are. It's something for Sanhedrin, not for us. But whichever way it is, we need to live that. Fasik says, Your children, your sons and daughters, are given over to a different nation. And your eyes see and begging for them all day. And you don't have the ability to reach out to them. That was the terrible, terrible curse of having to give over our children to Amacha. And we see it. It's something very difficult to live with. How, how do we talk about it? What should we tell our children? Yes, they need to feel and understand that for the person who didn't say this children, he lived with never-ending nightmares about having been able to save a child, and the person who did give over his children, and they didn't come back, had to live with the nightmares of their children being a sunnamacher. It was, it was lost, lost in both cases. And the emotional pain of it, and you'll hear later, the emotional pain of some of those who are stuck, knowing where they came from and not being there, is, is, is a lifetime tragedy. I heard from somebody, she's a relative through my, my wife's, she was the granddaughter of one of the great Rosh Hashivas in Europe. <coughs> she was the daughter of someone who became a Rosh Hashiva. And her husband passed away just recently, probably a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, was a Chashva Roshiva. And she was telling me, she said they were given away as young children to be hit during the war by Goya. She must have been five or six, the way I understood the story. And she told me she was a very open person. She said five or six years later, 
When they came to take her back, she really didn't want to go. She said, you know, what happened to you five or six, that, that sort of fades. She said, you know, we, we had a life and we were something else. She told me, she said, the one memory that stuck in her mind was standing up on a chair, Simpastoro, and watching the men dance. She said, that was a memory that was seared in her, and that was her lifeline. But we're talking here about somebody who is probably one of the most mucistic families in Israel. And this was her experience. And her parents, they did it, they did it because it was right. And this is that experience. And all the others. What do we share with a child? So I would like to share a, 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 certain, a certain way to approach it. There's a parsha in Shmuel and in Shmuel. It says he wanted to kill Shalom, and Yoav sent an Isha Chacham from Tekoa, a very wise woman. She came to him with a marshal and about two children, and he answered what he answered, and then basically she sprung the marshal on him, and she said, well, what you're trying to do is contrary to what you told me. And he desisted from killing Hashem. That's, that's But she says a pasik that it's very enigmatic. It says, Kimois nomos, we will die. Vikamayim anigorim artso, and we will be like water that spills out on the ground and is never collected again. And who does not hold on to a nefesh or hold on for naught to a nefesh. And he's always thinking of ways that someone not get lost. The Pasuk itself in the context is quite enigmatic. The Mekobolim, the Darshan, this Pasuk, that this Pasuk is a remiss for some of the deepest in Yadim of how HaKadosh Baruch Hu works to bring back the Shamas in ways that are unfathomable to us. I hate to use the word they use because then it becomes a stop word. They use the, the word they use is gilgal, that becomes cheap. Such a gilgal, this gilgal, that gilgal, gilgal. What it means is we don't understand at all. But we do know that that neshama finds itself again, comes back. And the way they touch the Pasuk is, from our standpoint, Death is final, and once the nefesh has been spilled out, it can't be gathered again. HaKadosh Baruch Hu's machshavas are deeper, and the one machshav HaKadosh Baruch Hu has is L'bal Yidach Menedidach, that nothing, no nitzis of Kedusha, no soul of Kedusha will ever become lost eternally may go through many, many phases, but somewhere 
It, it is the deepest part of HaKadosh Baruch Beyond us, totally. But we have that Amunah. There's a Pasek Nishaya. The Pasek, and this is something the Taras Mincha says. Taras Mincha was a Rishud, Rash was a Talmud. And he says that for every Pasek Teichacha, there's a Pasek of Nechama. And in the Nechama, for the Benecho Moisayach Nesulam Acher, is a Pasek Nishaya. Si'i Sove Venaya, Uri'i, Kulom Nikbetu Balach. Pick up your eyes and see they've all come to you. Your children will come from afar. It's important to teach it as an amuna of the deepest type, without words, maybe without stories. Once we put our fat fingers on it and, and give it names and titles, and pilpul, this, that, the other. And that's why I'm very reluctant, and I don't think the word gilbul should be used. We show did not like it. It becomes cheap. He's a gilbul, she's a gilbul, the other one's a gilbul, we're talking about something It is something that goes beyond anything human beings understand. The one thing we have is the amuna that if Kedusha was released into the world, and if a Yid gave birth to a child who is Zeri Yisrael, it can become lost temporarily, but never permanently. It's something that should be understood as a Muna where we don't understand anything, but just know it to be true. So, I'd like the points that we've made are the reason to teach this, and the truth is to teach a lot more of the history, is because that which doesn't resonate with us emotionally is not part of us. And if we don't have it in us, if we don't have some feel for it, then Chasvashalom would detach from it. We're not totally attached to Klal Yisrael. It is some element of being Polish from Atzibur and Ashas Tzar, teaching it so that we live and it resonates with us emotionally. What happened is important in itself. The lessons are living through it as best as a, a cliche and a cliche she can do. We also, I believe, need to focus more on understanding the emotional trauma. A person who suffers physically, it's pain, it's over. A person who someone else beat up, it could be the same thing as a disease he had. The trauma is much greater. People live through the extraordinary event of being wiped off the map. The world smirking, ignoring. HaKadosh Baruch Hu Kaveyachal us as far as we could see. That is something we need to be able to evoke in our children. And we also need to understand 
that every single item that was lost, and the children are the most poignant part of it, the Torah, the people, the, 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 the extraordinary special sense that people had in Europe, all of that, is, as far as we're concerned, it's lost totally. We've given so much of our treasures have gone to the Umas Even children are alive and brilliant, but they're in the service of, of Umas not Kal Yisrael. And we live with a sense that we lost irrevocable losses. We also need to know that the deepest part of our Amunah is the Amunah that our Kaddish Baruch Hu never created something for naught. And if something was brought to the world of Kedusha, we look at it. We see things are spilled out and gone. They can never come back again. Yes, that's how human beings can see it. But the emuna is that somewhere, and perhaps if we want to give ourselves and our children vehicle to express it. We say three times a day, who works at being in every sense of the word, the people who are just a step removed, people who are two steps removed, the people who seem to have been lost for eternity. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is mekabit in Tami Yisrael, and he is mechashev machshavos, l'vayidach menemidah.